0: Daily prayer has been a part of the Christian tradition since its first days. In the Episcopal Church, our forms of daily prayer are found in our Book of Common Prayer, which descends from that of the Church of England. When we pray one of the forms of prayer, called offices, we pray with Christians around the world no matter what time we are doing so. Morning prayer is the central office, but it's always great to be prayed any time of day. Whether you're joining in at morning, evening, or even the next day, it's always a good time to pray. If you would like to follow along with the order of prayer you can go to tuesday.frdavid.org for a tuesday episode or thursday.frdavid.org for a thursday episode there will be more information at the end of this podcast let's pray morning prayer together good morning and welcome to morning prayer on august 19th 2021 the the Thursday after the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. It's good to have you here uh, with our community of prayer, uh, not only the small community of prayer that we have with this group, but the community of prayer gathered throughout the world uh, all the time, every day. Let's prepare ourselves for worship. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Let's say together the Venite, Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Come, let us adore him. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and raise a loud shout to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, and the sheep of His hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to His voice. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Come, let us adore Him. Let's say the Psalms for today together. (laughs) O Lord, I am not proud. I have no haughty looks. I do not occupy myself with great matters, Or with things that are too hard for me but I still my soul and make it quiet like a child upon its mother's breast my soul is quieted within me O Israel wait upon the Lord from this time forth forevermore Lord remember David and all the hardships he endured how he swore an oath to the Lord and vowed a vow to the mighty one of Jacob I will not come under the roof of my house nor climb up into my bed I will not allow my eyes to sleep, nor let my eyelids slumber, until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling for the Mighty One of Jacob. The ark, we heard it was Nephrata, we found it in the fields of Jerim. Let us go to God's dwelling place, let us fall upon our knees before his footstool. Arise, O Lord, into your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness, let your faithful people sing with joy, for your servant David's sake. Do not turn away the face of your anointed. The Lord has sworn an oath to David, in truth he will not break it. A son, the fruit of your body, will I set upon your throne. If your children keep my covenant and my testimonies that I shall teach them, their children will sit upon your throne forevermore. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired her for his habitation. This shall be my resting place forever. Here will I dwell for I delight in her. I will surely bless her provisions and satisfy her poor with bread. I will clothe her priests with salvation, and her faithful people will rejoice and sing. There will I make the horn of David flourish. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed. As for his enemies, I will clothe them with shame, but as for him his crown will shine. O how good and pleasant it is when brethren live together in unity! It is like fine oil upon the beard, that runs down upon the beard, upon the beard of Aaron, and runs down upon the collar of his robe. It is like the dew of Hermon that falls upon the hills of Zion. For there the Lord has ordained the blessing, life forevermore. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. One of the legal experts heard their dispute and saw how well Jesus answered them. He came over and asked him, Which commandment is the most important of of all? Jesus replied, The most important one is Israel, listen, our God is the one Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your being and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The legal experts said to him, Well said, teacher. You have truthfully said that God is one and there is no other besides him. And to love God with all of the heart, a full understanding, and all of one's strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more important than all kinds of entirely burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered with wisdom, he said to him, You aren't far from from God's kingdom. After that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's say together a song of Judith. I will sing a new song to my god for you are great and glorious wonderful and strength invincible let the whole creation serve you for you spoke and all things came into being you sent your breath and it formed them no one is able to resist your voice mountains and seas are stirred to their depths rocks melt like wax at your presence but to those who fear you you continue to show mercy no sacrifice however fragrant can please you but whoever fears the Lord shall stand in your sight forever. Well beloved, today in this reading from Mark uh, we have uh, a legal expert. Now we're reading the contemporary English version here in in morning prayer to give us something different sounding than what we get on Sunday mornings where we're usually using, using the New Revised Standard Version. Um, and of course, when they say legal experts, the word that's usually used in our NRSV is lawyer. Uh, I suspect they've switched that out just to, to make sure that everybody in our modern context isn't always thinking about the kind of lawyer that you see on Law and Order, because that's not what we're talking about at all. This is a person who is a, a, a an expert in in the Jewish law. So they are, uh, you know, this uh, this is a time where. Um, politics and religion are not separate so Jewish law is really important it's subsumed to um, uh, Roman law uh, because the Romans occupy Palestine but the Romans largely let um, the uh, the puppet rulers of, of Judea and and the ruling classes rule things according to Roman uh, Jewish law as long as it doesn't interfere with Roman law so this legal expert is more than just a person who um, is, is trying cases. They're a person who is also an expert in scripture and that's usually where we find them. Now most of the time when we find uh, this together we often find the Pharisees, the scribes and, and lawyers or or the Pharisees and, and the lawyers and legal experts as they have it here. Um, all of that that kind of stuff kind of gets mushed together uh, because they're usually just a group that's come to oppose Jesus. There is definitely a group that sees Jesus as a threat to their power base. Um, Most of them see him as an immediate threat to their power base and the fact that they they think that he is somebody who's going to come and try to become king of Israel and there are many people who have tried that before and many people who have failed and there will be those that fail after Jesus. Um, The truth is that Jesus is a threat to their power base but it's much much more subtle than that. Jesus is a threat to all power bases that are based around human power of domination and and um, and and oppression and and all of that kind of stuff. So basically all of the ways that we govern ourselves is always under threat to Jesus to some extent because it's always being questioned against um, God's will for freedom and God's will for um, community, um, which human law quite often violates in both directions. Um, But in this case, the legal expert hears the dispute and saw how well Jesus answers them answers them. He hears these other people who are disputing and he comes over and he asks an actual question. Most of the questions you get from scribes and Pharisees and such in the in the gospels are set up as a trap. They're there to get Jesus to make one answer or another and either answer is going to get him in trouble with somebody. That's generally what they're trying to do. But he's asking a genuine question here. Which commandment is the most important at all of all? Now for many of us as Christians, we would be thinking, okay, what do you mean the the Ten Commandments? Well, we're talking about more than that. The uh, Torah has 600 and something commandments in it, the first five books of the Bible. So uh, although Jews see the Ten Commandments as the biggies, these others are all these supporting commandments that are really, really, they're important as well. So you know, this is a, a normal question that would have gone on in biblical interpretation at the time. Which commandment is the most important of, of all? You find that being answered in, um, in the Talmud um, and in other Jewish sources as well, and actually most of them tend to answer very much like Jesus. And Jesus replies from two different places in scripture, listen, our God is one Lord and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Um, you notice actually both these, neither of these commandments he chooses as the important are either of the Ten Commandments. They're, the, the, but this is, this is the part of the Shema, this is the, um, uh, the, it's part of every Jewish prayer service, the love of the Lord God with all your heart, our Lord is one, uh, one of the most important tenets of Judaism. And then he takes this other part, uh, which is from elsewhere in the first, I can't remember exactly where the second part is, you'll love your neighbor as yourself, no other commandment is greater than these. And the, the legal expert comes back to him and says, well said, teacher, you've truthfully said that God is one, there's no other beside him, you love God with all your heart, you love your neighbor as yourself. Um, that's more important than than all kinds of entirely burned offerings and sacrifices. Now, some of that might seem a little self-evident to us, but there are certainly parts of society at Jesus' time that believe that the burnt offerings and sacrifices are the entire point of religion, most likely the Sadducees, another sect at the time, who are very centered around the temple. In this point he's talking to the legal experts and the Pharisees who are out in the synagogues in the countryside. And so they tend to interpret things as being uh, the, 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 a, a well-lived life, of uh, study of scripture, things like that as being at least if not more important than the burnt offerings and sacrifice. Um, Jesus, here's the answer, likes the answer, and says, you aren't far from God's kingdom. In other words, and God's kingdom is what Jesus is teaching. I, I'm teaching you what the kingdom is. Jesus is saying, you're not that far off from me. We're really close. And that's something that we have to be very, very careful with when we look at the, the Gospels. Um, you know, as Christians, we have never, uh, up until modern American times, People have not held that scripture was just kind of dictated to people who wrote them down. The word, kind of word that's been used to talk about our scriptures is that they're inspired. In, in, other, hand, in other words, they're written by people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. But one of the the, the problems with that um, is that it still brings out the, uh, the, the, the things of society and the, and the way things are going, and almost all of these gospels mark Probably the least of all, but almost all of these gospels are written at a time where, where the early Christians are in some amount of conflict or or, or trouble with with the the Jewish synagogues, and I'm not going to go into why that all happens. It has to do with the way the Roman political system is set up and the rights that are given to Jews and all that kind of stuff. That's that's some in depth stuff, but our gospels are always written from a viewpoint where there's some amount of friction between the jewish community and the the um the especially the gentile christian community you have gentile christians and jewish christians and then you have the jewish the the jewish community and especially when you get to john by that time the the rift has become pretty wide and so john says a lot of things that that have been used for centuries in order to justify some of the worst atrocities against Jews, you know, all the way up to the final solution under the Third Reich, uh, would quote John's Gospel uh, in order to back up what it was that they were doing to the Jews. Um, Something we have to look at is we see something like this, this dialogue with this legal expert, where it makes it very clear that Jesus' problem is not with, quote, the Jews. His problem is with the power structure of the of the the nation at that of the nation of Judea at that time, and his problem is actually also with the Romans. His problem is with any power structure that that kind of is is so stifling that it snuffs out the 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 point of these two greatest commandments of loving your of loving God and loving your neighbor. Um, any power structure that gets in the way of those two commandments is something that Jesus is going to oppose, whether they're in a, in a totalitarian regime or in a democracy or in an anarcho-syndicalist commune, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I often say that Jesus is actually agnostic about government. Uh, God is less worried about exactly how we govern ourselves and more worried about the results. Does it, does, do, do the results of that government actually lead to this? Um, These two commandments. But it's really important to remember that Jesus isn't anti-Jewish. Jesus is anti-power structure. And in this case, you see a point where one of the people who is with the power structure kind of comes off and says, um, you know, you're really right here. This really makes sense. Nothing tells us that he becomes a disciple of Jesus nothing tells us that he doesn't show back up with the scribes and the pharisees and the lawyers later on when there are more things going on but at least right here we see that point that Jesus is not against groups of people Jesus is constantly pushing ourselves no matter how we govern ourselves no matter what we do Jesus is constantly pushing us towards these two greatest of the commandments the first is to love God that God is one to love God and that we love our neighbors ourselves because no commandment is truly greater than those. Amen. Let's say together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Almighty God, you have given your only Son to be for us a sacrifice for sin, and also an example of godly life. Give us grace to receive thankfully the fruits of this redeeming work, and to follow daily in the blessed steps of his most holy life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, Amen. Lord God, Almighty and Everlasting Father, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome by adversity, and all that we do directs us to the fulfilling of your purpose, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth, and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you, bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your spirit upon all flesh, and hasten the coming of your kingdom, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In our parish prayer list, we pray for the repose of the soul of Chuck Ayers. And we pray for Jim Mahan, who is in um, hospice. We pray for those at home and in assisted care. Barb, Christine, Joyce, Linda, Louise, Mayjean, Marin, Sandy, and Tina. For those in particular need, Bill, Carol, Chad, Chuck, Chris, Dave, Diane, Ed, Emmy, Frank, Grayson, Jan, Jean, Jenny, Jesse, Jerry, Jewel, Joni, Judy, Keith, Kelsey, Marilyn, Mark, Mary, Max, Nancy, Patricia, Richard, Robbie, Rose, Stewart, Sue, Tanya, Zach, and Zara. For those in the armed forces, especially Aaron, Ashley, Bailey, Brian, Jessica, Mitch, and Todd. In the Anglican Communion, we pray for the Anglican Church of Southern Africa. In the diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for St. Mary's endowment. Among the Association of Walkershaw Congregations, we pray for Community United Methodist Church, for those religious who live the vowed life, the Order of Julian of Norwich, the Sisters of St. Mary, and the Order of the Holy Cross. We pray for the people of Afghanistan and for the people of Haiti. We pray for the continuation of the ceasefire in the Holy Land and that a solution may be found to a just and lasting peace. We pray for all those suffering from COVID-19. We ask for strength during this pandemic, protection for our essential workers, and and resolve to do those things which will bring it to a, re- a resolution. We pray for the wisdom to discern the measures we require to achieve a just peace in our society and for the strength to take them. I bid your prayers and intercessions at this time, either quiet, silently or aloud. Let us join together in the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving-kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for immeasurable love, in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory, and we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies and you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come, life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining in uh, prayer this morning. Uh, of course, we have a live streamed morning prayer on Sunday morning, this uh, this coming Sunday, uh, and then we'll have um, more morning prayer on Tuesday and Thursday of next week. Uh, take care of yourselves. Uh, please follow all the measures that CDC is recommending, not just to protect ourselves, but to protect all those around us for, as Jesus said, uh, to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. I believe that includes uh, everything the CDC is asking us to do right now. Um, uh, until we uh, pray together again, take care of yourselves, and God bless. This has been a production of St. Matthias Episcopal Church in Waukesha, Wisconsin. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find more information on how to contact us at our website at http: org. That's org.